What you are about to hear is an encore presentation that took place in 2018. The following is a talk given by Ruth Newman on February 26 at Clifton Unitarian Church in anticipation of her show on Forward Radio, Reach Out in the Darkness. So, we just finished um, saying our covenant. Love is the spirit of this church and service law to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. And I'm talking about that part of the covenant, to seek the truth in love, which we say every week, but it's been gagging me <laughs> for the last several months every time I get to that part of it, and I've been thinking about that because it's one thing to be with friends and to be seeking the truth in love with your friends. But it's a whole other thing to be with people you're not comfortable with, people that you don't agree with, people that you have problems with. And when I say you, I mean me. Because when I'm in that kind of frame, I'm not seeking the truth in love. I'm wanting to tell them that they're wrong and I'm right. I'm irritated, I'm frustrated. Uh, I might even be angry. So that's why I gag on this particular phrase every time, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. Because, um, first of all, let me just point out that it is not saying to speak the truth in love. It's saying to seek the truth in love. And that's much more humbling. It's basically assuming that there is a truth that we, we don't know that we have to look for. And it also is not saying to seek falsehood in love, as in, gotcha, you said something that's not right, you know. So we have to really think about that, and I have to think about that. So I appreciate the opportunity to think about it out loud. Um, you know, we happen to be living at a time when, it, to me, this is the most critical concept of seeking the truth in love, because our country and our world is so divided. And it's just, you know, in this country, we're eating each other up with vitriol all over the place. Um, we, but we come at it naturally. Our culture is a dualistic culture. We have teams who either win or lose. When we watch, when I watch a movie, the first thing I do is I'm looking for the good, good guy and I'm looking for the bad guy. Um, politicians are very expert at dividing us and making us feel that somebody else is, is threatening us and that we have to let this person <laughs> in order to save us. I mean, it goes on in our media. It's everywhere. So we come by it naturally. But we've got to start looking at things, in my opinion, differently. So I was looking at this book, and it's, um, it's called Moral Imagination, the Art and Soul of Building Peace. And the name of the author is John Paul Lederach. So I was going through that. He happens to be a mediator. He goes around the world to hot spots, and he mediates um, engagements by people and groups who are in conflict with each other. And he has come up with four requirements, and I'm going to use that in my concept of seeking the truth in love, four requirements. The first one is relationships. How do we build trust with people that we're not comfortable with, 
we have to start creating relationships. We have to embed them in our network of relationships. We have to embed in those networks people that we're not comfortable with. Um, and this is not based on the idea of winning over converts. It's based on the idea of respecting people and valuing them for where they're at and somehow making them a part of our life. Now, I have an example that I wanted to mention. This happened to me several years ago. I was in a group called 15,000 Farmers. Anyone know that group? Good. It's, it's a, and I had been told that it merged into Louisville Grows. But the whole idea of 15,000 Farmers is um, that in Louisville, we should create 15,000 urban farms or urban gardens and just support and encourage people to, to grow their own food. And so I was in this group and I was at a meeting, it was a committee meeting, and um, the committee chair was talking to us about how we could do outreach. So this guy stood up and gave his name and he said, you know, I really am excited about 15,000 farmers. I just found out about it. And I'm in a group called the Tea Party. And he said, and there's 1,200 of us in Kentuckiana, and I think that, that 15,000 farmers, the whole concept, is something we could really glom onto because we're really into survivalism. And I, I was thrilled because I thought, wow, you know. <laughs> so what happened next was that the moderator, the chair, I saw her roll her eyes, just go right on talking, and as if he had never said anything. So that's what I'm talking about, embedding people that don't necessarily think like us into relationships. Um, another incident that happened just um, after the inauguration. I'm talking about the Trump inauguration. Women's um, March in Washington, D.C. <clears throat> that was a very inspirational. I wasn't there, but I've heard from people who were, and I've seen it on, on the web, how inspirational that march was. However... There's a group of women called New Wave Feminists. And I don't know who has heard about this group, and you may not agree with me here. Matter of fact, you may not agree with me in a lot of the stuff I say, but um, these New Wave Feminists, they're young, they're millennials, they tend to be secular, they were very incensed by Trump's words and behavior, and they wanted to join the march. And they asked permission, and they were granted permission, but then the day before the march, the permission was reneged, and they were not allowed to be on the march. And the reason was they were pro-life, anti-abortion. And the leaders of the march wouldn't allow them to be on it. And this is what they say. You know, they say there has really been a massive shift with the youth to ensure that our solutions are women-centered, that we're being consistent and nonpartisan, inclusive, opening, and welcoming. They were not allowed. And I think that's another example of a missed opportunity to start forming relationships with people that you can see commonality with, even though some parts of them you don't agree with. And so I, I feel sorry for that happening. Another thing I wanted to say about it was that on their website, I noticed that they said 
The Washington, D.C. march was all about marching for abortion. That was the take-home that they got from that, for having been excluded. And in fact, it was much, much bigger than a march for abortion. And Lincoln said, every different opinion is not a different principle. We have called by different names brethren of the same principle. And another example, I'm giving lots of examples here. There is a website, and it's a religious website on the internet. It's called beliefnet.com. They did a survey of evangelicals, and they surveyed a thousand evangelicals, and what they found from their survey was that over 60% of those people they surveyed that were evangelicals, those people were more strongly aligned with protecting the environment, alleviating poverty, and promoting human rights than they were aligned with opposing abortion and opposing same-sex marriage. So these are areas where we can intersect with people we don't necessarily agree with, and I think we should be looking for those opportunities. One final example. Um, last week, I don't know if you're reading the New I was reading the New York Times, um, the woman who was Roe in Roe v. Wade died. So they had an article on her, and, and in the article they talked about her life. And I, I didn't realize it. She was um, Norma, her name is Norma McCovey. She was an unwanted child born into a very dysfunctional family. She was raped multiple times as a child by a relative. She was put in reform school. She was suicidally depressive. She ended up being pregnant at, at the age of 16 and had three pregnancies by different men. At, on the third pregnancy, she tried to get an abortion, but she happened to live in the state of Texas. And in Texas, you couldn't get an abortion unless it was to save the life of the woman. So it just so happened that these two lawyers in Texas were looking for a test case and glommed on to Norma McCovey, who didn't know anything about anything, but she ended up being the test case. What they did is they kept her anonymous. They called her Roe. And she was not only kept anonymous, she was not a part of any of the courtroom decisions or anything, or testimonies. She wasn't a part of it at all. She was not even kept in the loop. She didn't even find out about the decision until after she read it in the newspaper. She was just totally kept anonymous and out of the loop. So after that whole thing, she wrote a book called I Am Roe, My Life, Roe v. Wade. And then, later on in her life, she ended up befriending a minister from Operation Rescue, which is a pro-life organization. And he invited her to his church, and she became friends with the congregation, and she joined the congregation, got baptized, and lo and behold, she totally switched. She became a fervent, fervent anti-abortionist. And the, the next book that she wrote on that was called One by Love. But the idea being that in the end, it's all about relationship. And you're listening to Forward Radio on 106.5 FM, also streaming 
at www.forwardradio.org. I'm Ruth Newman, your host on this encore edition of Election Connection that was recorded back in 2018, soon after Trump's inauguration. I was giving a talk to my church congregation on one of their covenants, which is to seek the truth in love. So let's get back to it. And there has to be some kind of a structure, especially when we're trying to change our relationships. The author of the book, Lederach, he uh, likened it to a moving sidewalk where people get on the moving sidewalk and it goes in a direction. And every so often you have bursts of epiphany and bursts of reconciliation and healing and conflict resolution. But really, the focus is on the moving sidewalk and how do we get people to move in a certain direction. And an example I want to give you is um, from 1986, the Great American Peace March. Does anyone remember that? The Great American Peace March, that happened in 1986, and it was a march for nuclear disarmament. And actually, my mother was on that march. (laughs) It started in Los Angeles, and it went from Los Angeles all the way to Washington, D.C. It was a big, big event. It it took, you know, as you can imagine, months. And um, there were thousands of people who joined in. And early in that march, everything broke down. They didn't have enough money. They went bankrupt. They had tried to rent all these trucks for conveying all the tents and all the camping equipment and food. They couldn't rent the trucks. They didn't have enough money and they didn't have enough money to pay the liability insurance to sleep overnight in the parks. And everything fell apart. And my mother said there was just total, total pandemonium. And people were angry, and people didn't know what to do. Um, They had no leadership. So then she said something miraculous happened. They started to form an internal structure They began creating task forces to make decisions. They started coming up with a plan for how to build consensus. They um, had a talking stick, which they called Heart Heart Speak, so that when people were talking in the group, trying to figure out what to do, they had a rule. You could only speak from your heart, speak your feelings. You could not accuse anybody. You could not lay blame. And, and you could only talk with the stick in your hand, and everybody had to be able to express themselves. They also came up with all these creative ideas. They uh, reached out to communities all along the route and um, ended up where they were able to go and sleep in various people's homes along the route. And that had the added benefit that it created relationships that have been lifelong relationships. with these people and the communities that they walked through. And the other thing that it did was that it exposed these little communities along the way to the marchers. And so many of these communities had this concept in their mind of them being just radical, dirty, drug-taking hippies. And these people were from every walk of life. And so it created this incredible web of relationships all the way across the country. And and it was because they created a structure. So that's the thing I want to concentrate on. And we're doing it on the internet. 
I wanted to say with social media, we're doing just the opposite. We're in pandemonium mode. Um, a Facebook VP, I have a quote from him, he said, in order to be on social media, you need to be radical in order to gain market share. Reasonable, reasonableness gets you no points. And um, that's true of social media right now. It's just pumping up all the conflict and outrage that we see around us. But there are other places on the internet that are popping up that are doing just the opposite. They're bringing people together, turning us toward each other instead of against each other. Um, one is Airbnb, which has a structure and processes. Um, another internet site that I don't know if you've heard of called, it's called Living Room Conversations. And this site has a method that they have created on the internet, and I encourage you to go to it. It's livingroomconversations.org. So their idea is that you have a friend or an acquaintance who doesn't think like you, who thinks differently. You tell your friend or your acquaintance to invite two people they know who, who agree with them. Then you invite two of your friends who agree with you. That makes six people over for dinner in a nice, relaxed environment. And you talk about those issues. And then this website gives you all kinds of support and resources for doing that. Another website that I would encourage you to visit, it's called Braver Angels. And in fact, a representative from that group was recently interviewed on our radio station on, on, on the program Solutions to Violence, which is co-hosted by Jim Johnson and Jamie McMillan. And you should be able to go to our website, www.forwardradio.org, and find that podcast under Programs and then select Solutions to Violence. There really are all sorts of websites now that you can visit where you'll get good information on how to create spaces for constructive, respectful dialogue with people you do not agree with. So this is the kind of thing that I think needs to be encouraged and we need to be thinking about. So relationships is one thing. Another thing is deep listening. And Lederick refers to that as paradoxical curiosity. So, in other words, you're holding somebody else's story or perspective in your mind. You may not agree with it, but you're not passing judgment. You're just holding it there, and you're curious. And you're listening to Forward Radio on 106.5 FM, also streaming at www.forwardradio.org. I'm Ruth Newman, your host on this encore edition of Election Connection that was recorded back in 2018, soon after Trump's inauguration. I was giving a talk to my church congregation on one of their covenants, which is to seek the truth in love. So let's get back to it. And um, I wanted to bring up an example that a couple of you already know about. This past year, and every year I put together multimedia images to go with the concert for a July 4th concert. And I've been doing it now for 13 years, every July 4th. 
And so this past year, the director had given me some new songs to make images to. And one of the songs was called Song of the Nations, and it uh, sounded fine, and it was fine up until the very end, when at the very end of the, of the song, it said, and all the nations will come together in peace when we all turn to Jesus. <laughs> and I thought, no, this is not meant for a July 4th concert, which is secular, which is supposed to be inclusive of all religions. So, thinking that I was absolutely right on this issue, and I walked up after our, our chorus rehearsal, and I told the director, and I said, you know, we can't sing this song. It's not really in line with our Constitution and with the July 4th celebration. And I just was not prepared for what happened next. He just unleashed himself on me. I sat there listening to him tell me about, we are a Christian nation, our documents, are, you know, our foundational documents are Christian-based, Muslims don't really belong here. They, they're, he said to me, the Quran tells Muslims to kill Christians. So, I mean, it was on and on and on, and he was very emotional, and I was like a deer in the headlights. I, I, I just, I was in shock. I couldn't come up with anything to say to him because it just hit me like a like broadside. So I just sat there, and at the end of the two hours, he said, okay, I'll take the music off. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is to me, like, okay, I didn't say anything, and he took the music off. That, so there's way, there are different ways to approach and to listen to other people and let them have their day. Let them say what they feel. Also, Lederach talks about when you're listening to try to capture the heart of what the person is saying. He calls that a haiku moment where you kind of bring together these conflicting thoughts and you try to boil them down to some kind of a heartfelt essence. What I have this here for is, I thought, why not bring up something that I did when I lived in a cult group back in the Word boat, and we come up with any word we could think of 
that was related to boat, you know, water, sail, sail, seasick. And we put them all up. Then we do the same with music, and we do the same with house. So we have all these related words. All right. And then the next step is we take a line and we draw it between boat and music. And we try to come up with a word that includes boat and music. Rhythm. Rhythm. Tempo is that. What is it? Tempo. Tempo. Good. Okay, so I won't write it in, but that's the idea. So we do the same thing. We do the same thing with house and boat. And we do the same thing with, with house and music. So then now we've got these intermediary words that draw these two, two nouns together. So then the next thing we do is we unisect. And people, and they, what they would do in synonym, this is where I live, they would spin something, spin a bowl or spin a top. And people would yell out from the audience a word that encompassed everything. And after we discussed all these other connections, they try to come up with one word that encompasses everything. So that was unisecting. So I just want to point that out because it was fun. It was a fun exercise. And it's just something to think about, I think. Can Not that copy. What? Can we do that over coffee downstairs? Yeah. <laughs> we could. <laughs> it's a good little exercise because. Um, I think it helps with paradoxical curiosity, that whole notion of holding different things that may even contradict each other, holding them and trying to arrive at a broader pattern that allows us to come to a more fundamental truth. And I will just remind you here that this is an encore presentation which took place in 2018, soon after Trump was elected president. There's one other thing that I wanted to point out, because I think it's really instructive, that um, this past election, there was a few states that did something different. They had um, pro-choice Democrats sit down with evangelical Catholics to talk about abortion, of all things. So the, the one thing that they did not do was debate the issue on the basis of the right to an abortion. They didn't do that. They reframed it. And they had a conversation centered around how do we work together to reduce the number of abortions. And in those states where they had this discussion, more evangelical Catholics voted for pro-choice Democrats than in any other state. Creativity is another Thing, and I was going to bring up Little Miss Sunshine as an, an example of creativity in people coming together. Who's seen that movie, Little Miss Sunshine? Lots of you. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. <laughs> There's a scene in that movie where um, the, the boy, who's been working exhaustively over a year now to um, discipline himself and get ready to apply for a pilot's license, or how to train as a pilot, he discovers all of a sudden that he's colorblind, and that just ruins it. He can't do it, and he just blows up. He just has a, 
a fit, runs out of the van, and the mother runs down to try to convince him to get back in the van, and nothing she can say budges him. Then the little girl comes out, she just sits quietly with him, and then she turns and hugs him, and he's so despondent. It's that hugging that creates that epiphany that allows him to get out of his own despondency and come back to the car. And the last thing is taking risk. Because if you're reaching out to somebody who you fear or you distrust or you have a problem with, that's taking a risk. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. And I wanted at this point to bring up uh, Forward Radio, WFMP, because um, I don't know how many of you have heard of this radio station. It's a group of people that have gotten a construction permit to have low-power FM radio, and we are taking a huge risk to come up with community radio that engages the public and that has all kinds of innovative formats for empowering grassroots community networking. So in that vein, I have come up with a proposal for a radio show that I'd like to do, and that's also linked up with Seeking the Truth in Love. The name of my program is going to be Reach Out in the Darkness. And that's the idea behind my show, is actually to get opposing groups, whether it's Christians or Muslims, and, and you can think of all kinds of opposing, I can anyway, and I'm thinking of like um, coal miners and environmentalists, or gang members and police, getting those people to come together, but not to debate, not to argue, but to explore possible solutions, to explore each other's perspectives. I want to create an atmosphere that is going to be one of seeking the truth in love. And that's why I took on this talk, so that I could figure out how to do it. So I want to have open-ended questions. I want to ask people about their hopes and their dreams. I want to ask them what kind of experiences they've had in their lives that brought them to the point they're at now. I'm thinking of having people ask questions. And we have a website that you can go to also. And that is taking a big risk, but I think it's a risk that's in the right direction in the times we're living in right now. So the last thing I want to say is reach out to those you fear. Listen deeply, touch the heart of complexity, be creative, imagine beyond what is visible or seen right now, and finally, allow yourself to be vulnerable. Okay, I think I will end this week's Reach Out in the Darkness with some quotes out of a book I'm reading by Ijeoma Oluo called, So You Want to Talk About Race. And here she says, and I, and I want to caution you that this is in regard to race, but I think it also happens to be universal in many difficult conversations. She says, remember what your top priority in the conversation is, and don't let your emotions override that. She also states, when you start to feel defensive, stop and ask yourself why. If you're talking about race and you suddenly feel the need to defend yourself vigorously, stop and ask yourself, what is being threatened here? What am I thinking that this conversation says about me? And 
Has my top priority shifted to preserving my ego? If you are too heated to ask yourself these questions, at least take a few minutes away to catch your breath and lower your heart rate so that you can. This is something that happens to people of all races, and not only can it stop us from hearing things that need to be said, it can stop us from saying what we really mean to say. Also, she says, ask yourself, am I trying to be right or am I trying to do better? Conversations on racism should never be about winning. This battle is too important to be so simplified. You're in this to share and to learn. And finally, she says, it is important to learn how to fail, to learn how to be wrong in a way that minimizes pain to you and others and maximizes what you can learn from the experience. What you just heard is a talk that I gave in 2018 at my church when I was working to come up with my first show on Forward Radio, Reach Out in the Darkness. And that was a show that focused on bringing people from different backgrounds and perspectives together to exchange ideas thoughtfully and respectfully. Now what you are about to hear is Victoria Strange, Melissa Morganson, and I, Ruth Newman, all of us founders and occasional hosts on this station, were gathered around Victoria's dinner table and we're inviting you to find your voice on the radio. I don't know about you, but it's becoming harder and harder for me to watch or listen to the usual suspects on our infotainment channels, dishing out measured doses of breaking news and freeze frames, all it seems to do is shock, sadden, disgust, or titillate. That's why a group of us got together, and I'm here with two of them right now, Victoria Strange and Melissa Morganson, but we got together in 2012, isn't it? Wasn't it? Yes. And we applied to the Federal Communications Commission for a radio frequency that could provide a real public forum for community building, engagement, and empowerment. And here we are almost six years running and still going strong with no advertising, no profit motive. We're all volunteers and we are here to invite and create new formats new forums, new relationships with our community, which is what public forums are supposed to do. Exactly, right? and something we have far too little of in, in this world, and particularly in this country. The Community Radio Act was signed in 2010 under Barack Obama, and that was to give over more of the airwaves to local grassroots Nonprofit community radio. And it was a great thing. And amazingly, here we are in 2020, 2023. Sorry, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still living in the past. Anyway, so uh, what is that? 2010 to 2023. It's like 13 years later. And here we are. We never thought we'd get on the air. It was a, an immense labor of love. Woo, that was a loud noise. <laughs> I just wanted to say that this is a forum that is available. It's like an open platform for the community. 
please avail yourself of it. Avail yourselves of it. It's not hard. If I can do it, anyone can. Don't be shy. If you have an issue you want to talk about, if you're part of a group that has a burning issue they're working on, please tell the community about it. It doesn't have to be a regular show. You can come on our community access hour, just 60 minutes, whenever you like. Take advantage of it. Right. Anything more you have to add, Ruth? Well, if you are fed up with the corporate slant on everything, including pundits and other talking heads who are unable or unwilling to connect the dots, if you are fed up with extremist elements that are overtaking social media, then you should be turning your sights toward community radio. You know, we're out there and we're there for you. And we're all about building community together and communicating with each other in a respectful, in-depth way, not just skirting the issues superficially, but we like to really get down deep into the depths of what is going on locally, what is going on in your life. There's just so much out there we need from you guys to come on and tell us about. And even if you're not interested in the burning issues of the day, if you want to do a cooking show, if you want to tell us how best to train your dog or your cat, you know, uh, if you're a, a good comedian and you want to do something funny and uplifting, we're, we're open. We're an open mic for you. So or a show it, about local sports. Exactly, because this is a big-time sports community, and a lot has been going on in the sports world in Louisville lately, so we would love to have you on our airwaves. So pitch us a show, go to forwardradio.org, click on participate, and pitch us a show. It's fun, it's empowering, and it's also just a lot of fun to meet the great people behind this station, because they're all really good people, and um, you would enjoy becoming part of this community, I think. Right, and we're there for you. We're there, we can be there as mentors, as trainers, as coaches. We're there to help you get started in radio broadcasting. If you're young and looking for a different platform, that one that helps you grow and develop your ideas, come check us out. We mentor people in citizen journalism And it's easy, too, right? I'm not very good on the technical aspect of things, but it's not like the old days where you had to master a whole lot of technology to be on the air. This is very simple. You can can record your show in the comfort of your own home. Yes. You You don't have to be in our studio, although it's a lot of fun to be in our studio. Mm -hmm. If you know how to use a cell phone, you can broadcast on our station. So sign up today www.forwardradio.org and then click on participate. And as Victoria said, it doesn't have to be a regular show. It can be a one-time talk that you want to give. Yeah, we have something that we call the Access Hour that comes on every week. You can go on that. And it would be broadcast three times because all of our shows are broadcast three times a week. That's right. Um, so you, you would have your little uh, megaphone to the community for three full hours if you did our, our access hour. And believe it or not, it's really not that hard to talk about something, especially if you're passionate about it, 
for 59 minutes. <laughs> because yes, there, right. are, uh, there are a few little rules and tips we have to give you because we have to abide by the uh, rules and regulations set by the Federal Communications Commission, but they're not that onerous. Yeah. Um, there are certain words we can't say and, you know, certain areas you might want to steer clear of because they could be considered obscene or problematic in some way but mostly it's it's basically an open platform an open mic yeah so and we'd love to have your voice on the airwaves we need local programmers we have some wonderful i guess you would call it syndicated programming yes from pacifica. Uh, we have pacifica uh, we're a pacifica affiliate they have some wonderful shows and we broadcast them but we would be just ecstatic to get more local voices on the air right. so yeah. give us give us a thought think about us as an alternative <laughs> to you know posting on social media radio has never gone out of style right. you know it's been around a long time but it's still very vibrant and viable and community radio is the best of all it is and we all, most all of us i should say started out with no knowledge of how to put it on a radio show, and yet we're still here, still going strong. So you don't have to come with any experience in this area. If you are a teacher, consider offering this platform to your students for projects, maybe even for credit. What a way to motivate students. Especially if you're in um, a program that focuses on communications. This, this would be ideal. Mm -hmm. And it's a learning experience, so it could qualify maybe for some credits for your class, I assume. Or Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts could Ex also do it. Exactly. For, right. for a badge. badge. Yes. Right, right. And then you would have the extra added pleasure of hearing yourself over the radio. Which is really, it, it is really neat. I have to say. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to sound stuck up, but it is really kind of cool to hear your own voice speaking on the radio and making at least a modicum of sense. Yeah, we pride ourselves on not being real polished or real professional. That's right. And speaking of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, if you are an organization, you can use the radio frequency to get the word out about what's going on in your organization, how people can get involved with you, all the exciting things that you're doing. So consider that as well. And if you are an, a nonprofit organization, you could consider becoming one of our community partners. It's, it's not onerous in terms of monetary commitment, and you can have time on the airwaves to talk about the projects your group is doing or the goals your group has. It's a great platform to get more of the community involved, to spread the word about what you're doing and, and gather new, um, new folks who are interested in meeting those same objectives. So think about that, too. Yeah. There's more information about that on our website as well. And even if you're a for-profit business, you could be an underwriter for the station, and we would love to have you join us. It's a medium that appeals to people who are, you know, involved in their community and locally connected. So it's a great way for your business, your business's name to get out there. We can't really do commercials, but we can certainly mm -hmm. talk about how you're underwriting our station, and that makes people think of you. Right, right. On the opposite end of that, if you happen to be a disgruntled worker, <laughs> <laughs>
you can come on the station too and you can be anonymous and you can talk about what's going on on, on your job, what the working conditions are. As long as you don't name any names, we'd especially like to hear from hospital workers, teachers, factory workers, bus drivers, hospitality workers. After all, for years now, we have only heard the corporate side of news. We don't hear about the labor side of news. And that really is the foundation of, of our communities, is our labor. So. We invite workers to come on the radio as well and talk about their jobs, whether positive or negative. And even if you're not a worker, but you're someone who started his or her own business, feel free to get in touch with us and come talk to us about the business you've started. As I said, because we are regulated by the FCC and we are a nonprofit, we can't do commercials, but you could certainly talk about how you got the idea to start your business, what you do, what product you produce, or what service you provide. That's all fine, and, and we could hook you up with one of our great uh, hosts who could do an interview with you. So it doesn't have to be just all one end or the other. It can be anything you have the burning desire to talk about. Give us a shout at forwardradio.org. Click on that participate button and tell us what you'd like to talk about, and we'll be, we'll be back in touch see what it's like. I mean, just give it a try. It's a new year. Turn over a new leaf. Don't be afraid. It's just a wonderful resource for the community. We would like to get news of our radio station spread more broadly throughout the community. So that's why we're doing this little 10-minute pitch, guys. <laughs> we don't do this all the time, but we're we're hopeful that in the new year we can make some new contacts and get some new people on board. And new shows. New shows. Yes. Yeah, it's 2023, an entire new year. Yeah. Come on in, the water's fine. That was Victoria Strange, Melissa Morganson, and I, Ruth Newman, inviting you to jump right in to the invigorating radio waves of 106.5 FM Forward Radio, and you can reach us at www.forwardradio.org. Thank you for listening.